If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Amen. 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 Short but sweet, precious Lord. We've been risen. When we rose, you gave us all power. You gave us victory. Let us not be iffy. Let us not be unreliable and inconsistent. Let us walk in power and in glory all the days of our lives. And we can only do this the power of the spirit that you've given all who believe in Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Iffy Christians. That's the title of the message, Margaret. Iffy, iffy Christians. Iffy. That's probably why, that's probably why this morning when I was, when I was picking with Claire, when I was picking with Claire, because I, I seen that word iffy and, 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 and I was like, is that a valid word? And yes, it is. Iffy. When we think about the word iffy, and I've said it in a prayer, iffy, iffy means uncertain. You ever ask somebody to do something for you? And they acted iffy. Really, they didn't want to do it. And if they was going to do it, you know they weren't going to do it to your standards. Iffy. If iffy, another word for iffy means doubtful, uncertain. You cannot have iffy faith. Amen. You can't serve God with iffy faith. How about that? James, the book of James says, a double-minded man. Really, really, a double-minded man is a iffy man. Okay, it's an iffy man. Nobody want to be in an iffy relationship. Certain things ought not even be spoke of in relationship. You're gonna have ups and downs. You're gonna have you'll have some 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 squabbles, but the D word don't come up because the, the, the D word is a person who uses the D word. That's an iffy person. We got to be able to fight fair, have our little have our little confrontations, but but the, the commitment never changes. The commitment never changes. Amen. The word if. Powerful word. Powerful word. I mean, if you, if you could take the if and, 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 and make that word apply to some big events in our life. If. I would have. Or if. I should have. Or if. I could have. Or if. I didn't. Think about how many. How many battles you would have won and how many, how many things would be different in your life? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the biggest if in the Bible, and I'm going to talk about this word iffy for a minute, but the biggest if in the Bible is found in 2 Chronicles 7.14. Hey, the biggest if in the Bible. We were just talking about it. Mary just brought it up and she was just talking. She just brought up the biggest if in the Bible. 
If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and will and will heal their land. See, that's the biggest if America's facing right today. Not only America, you go to Europe and pray. I'm not going to talk about all them, but right now, that's a big if. Huge if. Huge if. If my people, the people of God, why do we need to be humble? Such a little word, Blanche. Such a little word that's so powerful. Let me let me let me give you let me give you another if. There was a there was a story about a rich man. The Bible said he 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 wore purple, clothed in purple. Every day. Every day. And the Bible says he ate sumptuously. Okay? Every day he ate sumptuously. Okay? But he didn't know the Lord. He didn't know the Lord and everybody around him didn't know the Lord. His five brothers didn't know the Lord. And, 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 and he ended up in hell when he died. The Bible says, and when he died, he lifted up his eyes in hell. Okay? One thing he didn't ask for. He didn't look for no exit doors. He didn't ask for. He didn't ask the Lord, get me out of here. But he had one wrong response that I thought was fascinating. It was a big if. Because in hell he, he remembered, when in hell he remembered his brothers. He remembered what he taught them. He remembered how much they loved him and admired him and how, how they would one day join him in hell. And he asked God in the person of Abraham in this story to send Lazarus to his brother's house. He said, send Lazarus to my brother's house. That was a plea from hell. He's pleading with God to send Lazarus to his family. So they, they would repent. He understood. In hell, he understood that repentance was necessary to keep you out of hell. Amen. That's why I harp on it so much here. Gotta repent, gotta repent, gotta repent. Okay? But then God gave him an if. God gave him an if. In Luke 16, 31, God gave him an if. After he pleaded with God to send Lazarus to his to his to his to his house. He wanted some miraculous thing to happen. Send Lazarus. You know, they, they understood Lazarus. They spit on Lazarus. They kicked us on Lazarus. They rejected Lazarus. They would remember him and they would probably listen to him. And God, God said this. Watch this in the word of God. Luke 16, 31. He said, and he said unto him, if, if they hear not Moses and the prophets. You know, you know some of these seven-day Adventist folks need to hear this too. Some of, these, some of these Islam folks need to hear this too. Because Moses and the prophets all pointed to Jesus Christ. So, so this, this could go to them too. If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one 
Rose from the dead. Wow, wow. Ain't that good? Let me tell you something. The Old Testament talked about Jesus. When they keep killing all them lambs and, and putting their hand on one and a hand on the other and letting one go, it was all pointed to Christ. It all pointed to Christ. Let's, let's not be iffy Christians. Now, what's happening in here in Colossians chapter 3? Paul, Paul's making a, he's making a transition from, from doctrinal teaching to duty. That's how you study the word of God. When you study Paul's books of the Bible, and usually if he's got six chapters in, his, in a book, say Ephesians, the first three will be doctrine. Doctrine means here's what God has done. Here's what God has brought you from. Now, duty is because of what God has done. Let's do this. Let's live different based on your knowledge of what God has done. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. Here's what Paul said that happened. You have been delivered. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. How many remember that? How many of you know darkness had power? What do you mean by darkness? He means evil. Okay? Darkness in the Bible represents evil. In this situation, he said, God has delivered the Colossian people from the power. See, darkness ain't nothing to play with. Evil ain't nothing to play with. Some of us in here, some of us in here are going to struggle with darkness all our lives. And the blessing is in the struggle. See, some people think, some people will teach you, well, you know, you got to have it all together. You got to have it all together to be a Christian. You're going to struggle with some stuff all the days of your life. You're going to be like Paul. Paul going to say, take this away from me. Take this away from me. He went to God three times. Say, take it away. Take it away. Take it away. God said, you need that. You, need, you keep that. Okay. That'll keep you. That'll keep you humble. Okay. So on a windy day, you don't get blown away. You know. In Luke 2.14. In Colossians 2.14. He, he says this. And, 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 and this is the doctrinal part of what Paul's doing. I'm going to get to, to chapter 3. But he says, he has wiped out the handwriting of that was required that was against us. The Bible says the Old Testament, the law could not save us. The law could only do one thing. Point at you. Condemn you. There was no grace in the Old Testament. There was no mercy in the Old Testament. The law was designed to do one thing condemn you and you couldn't keep it nobody could nobody could then he says this in, in 218 I thought it was fascinating I just wrote it down while Jake and Jeremy was praying and, and it says let no one 218 of Colossians he said let no one cheat you of your reward I thought that was fascinating let no one cheat you of your reward you know you can be cheated okay we were sort of talking about that this morning. You, you, know, you know, I mean, Satan can't stop you. He, you if you, if you save and you go on to heaven, you go on to heaven. But Satan can cheat you out of the, some of the joys that you ought to have as a believer. We live a joyous life. Most of us in here, we live a joyous life. Despite all the ups and downs and everything. But if we all was to really think about it, God has been good to us. And we have joy. We have a lot of joy in our life. I, I have a lot of joy in my life. Okay? That little girl brings me a lot of joy in my life. I just can't wait to get home and, and, and just be around her. God, God uses a lot of different things. You know? Coming to church and Wednesday night and Sunday school and being with you guys bring a lot of joy to me. 
the gym that I go to, the gym that I go to work, it's like a church. So I go in there and I meet, I meet people and find out they're Christians and we, we just have church. After I'm done working out. <laughs> then I mess up their workout. Let's not get cheated out of our reward. What does it mean to be risen with Christ? I don't have a question like that. Paul, Paul says that we are risen with Christ. That's, when you read the Bible, when you read the Bible, you have to stop at those commas and those commas and find out what that's mean. What is that saying? Anybody ever thought about it? Paul says this, if because the Colossians, obviously they wasn't living the way Paul thought they should live, knowing that they had been blessed with all blessings from the heavenly place. They had been blessed because they were saved. But something was missing. Something was missing. And Paul said, if you then be risen with Christ. Now I had to stop there. Because I want to make sure I understand what Paul is saying here. He said, Ye, if you have been risen with Christ. You know what it means to be risen with Christ? Victory. Victory. You have victory over the most powerful force known to man. What's it, what is that? Death. Okay? Once, once you've been risen with Christ, you, you can't fear death. Oh, death. Where is thy sting? Paul can write this. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? Okay? The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. But God came in the person of Jesus Christ and died for our sins, abolished the law. We live under grace. What do we got to worry about? Nothing, nothing, nothing worse than a worrying Christian. You know what I say all the time? A comment. It just pops out of my mouth. I'm just worried. I'm just, listen. If you're going to worry, don't pray. And if you're going to pray, don't worry. Then you can fall into the double-minded category if you're praying and worrying. Are you praying to an a, a almighty God and worrying at the same time? God took the sting out of them. You know, when I was a kid, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have tablets. We, Nintendo came out when I was already old. So we had to make stuff happen. <laughs> we had to make fun happen. So, so me and my, my best friend, Ron, Ron Armour, we, 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 we knew every crack and crevice of, of, of Crandall Park. Okay? We could walk Crandall Park. We knew everything about Crandall Park because we lived in Crandall Park. We, in, the, in the wintertime, we sleigh ride Crandall Park. Okay, we had names for all the different humps that we fly over and almost kill ourselves on the sleds. But one day we walking through the park. One day we walking through the park and we just climbing, we hiking. And I'm behind armor and his foot hits into a beehive. And them bees come up out of there. The cartoons don't be lying. When you see them cartoons, when they say a cloud of bees. And, and, you know, I was pretty quick back in the day. And I was just a chunk. Oh, I mean, I'm heading up. And I'm heading up. Guadalupe, wherever I was at, I'm flying. And them bees, a cloud of bees. I'm talking about a big cloud. 
And they was coming out one at a time. And I got home. My, my dad seen me. I had bee stings all on my face, all on my back. All, I had over 120 bee stings. And he took me to the hospital. He took me to the hospital. And they pulled them bee stings out. And the doctor told my dad, well, you ain't, you ain't never going to have to worry about a bee sting no more. <laughs> and I'd have been stung by bees many times since then. And, and no swelling, nothing. They don't, they don't even bother me a bee. <laughs> I've been vaccinated, that's what she said, inoculated, whatever, okay? That kind of stuff come up, okay? But what but, but God is saying here, he said, to be risen with Christ speaks of victory. It speaks of victory, the greatest victory, because we have victory over death. How about that? Paul said in, 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 in Ephesians 1.19, Paul said this. He said, what is the exceeding and greatness of his power? How about that? What is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to his mighty power? When we become a Christian, when we become born again, we receive power. How about that? Acts 1.8 said, we receive power when we are saved. Man, we got to tap into it. I mean, some people, some people look at me and say, man, you ridiculous. You just all charged up all the time. Nothing never seems to bother you. You just keep pressing on. That's right. And I don't do that on my own strength. Okay? I do it on the strength that was given to me when God saved my soul. Amen. How about that? Amen. I ain't sending anything credit for it. God has given me good health. He given me strength. He given me endurance. He given me patience to do this. And I thank God for it. I thank God for it. You know, I, I thank God. Say, listen, God, listen, I, I want you to give me enough strength and enough courage and enough power to give you glory while I'm doing this work for you. Amen. How about that? That's that. How about that? Listen. When, when sometime when I'll be writing, putting sermons together, and a word comes up. And I don't mean to be repetitive and, and, and give you all these songs, but I, and like I was just saying earlier, if you, if you can't preach a song, you shouldn't sing a song. Amen. All right? Amen. If it's a song can't preach, it shouldn't be sang. Amen. So when I'm thinking about he's given us, he's given us victory over death, we, when, when, when we've risen with Christ, we got victory. Then I thought about this song. Now I'm not going to sing it because y'all know I'm not. I'm just going to read it to you because it's... It, it just says, it speaks for itself. And this one y'all know. This one y'all know. I ain't trying to bring nothing new. But it's, it's an old song. And it says this. Let me, let me share it with y'all. <clears throat> it says, I heard, I heard an old story. No, no, let me get it right. I heard an old, old story. How a savior came from glory. How he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. How about that? And I heard about his groaning of his precious blood's atoning. Then I repented of my sins and won the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me. With his redeeming blood, he loved me and I knew it. And all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing blood. How about that? I sit here and I say, man, that's, that's interesting. We got victory in Jesus. 
And, 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 and Paul is saying to these, to, these, to, these, to these Christians, if you have victory in Jesus, that's what he really means. He said, if you have victory in Jesus, or if ye then be risen with Christ, why aren't you seeking things? That's what he's saying. Seek those things which are above. Paul said, if you got victory, you're going to be seeking. How do you know somebody's got victory? They're seeking. How about that? They want to be better. Amen. They want to be stronger. They want to serve more. They want to give more. You know, some, a, a, a real seeker is, can't give enough. I, I, just, they'll say, I can't give enough. How about that? Paul's saying, if you've been risen with Christ, Prove it. That's how Paul was. That's really what it's saying. Do y'all, do y'all see that in there? I'm not, I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. Let me read it to you real slow. I want y'all to see to prove it in there. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. How about that? That word seek... That word seek is a powerful word. Okay? Let me find my note on that word seek. That word seek, that word seek means to worship. Okay? Some of y'all think worship is easy. True worshiper know it ain't easy. Remember the one, the one story that, I, that I, I like to share with you all the time. And, and, and God told Abraham, he says, you know, Abraham, you know, I know you love that boy of yours. Boy, I know you love that son of yours. I want you to take him up to the mountain. Kill him. Abraham. Gathered the wood, gathered his servants together. They going to the mountain. They were getting ready to sacrifice him. And when they got to the bottom of the mountain, he told the servants, he said to the servants, y'all wait here while me and the lad. <laughs> I'm serious. I wish I, had the, I wish I had the verse to give you. I'm going to give it to you when we, we fellowship. But he said, we going, me and the lad going up to the mountain, we're going to worship God. See, see, worship is always sacrificial. Okay, so next time you don't feel like coming to church or you've been, you know, you had a rough night and your, your stomach is churning and, and you might feel like I can't make it because if I do, I'm not going to be there. Whatever. Satan to come up with 101 reasons to keep you from getting to the house of God, Amen. hearing God's word, hearing God's word. You know why it's important to hear God's word? Because there's power in God's word. Amen. There's power in God's word. There's hope in God's word. And some of us, we talk about faith this morning. Some of our, some of our faith, not where it needs to be. And for our faith to grow, faith cometh by hearing. Mm-hmm. Or we can put it this way. Faith groweth by hearing. Because Peter said, add to your faith. He said, add to your faith. Okay? We, we try to add to our bank accounts. One we took the same one we took the same type of same type of measures to that we try to add to our savings account. Everybody in here, everybody in here know how much money they got in the bank. Everybody in here. 
Somebody's like, I'm going to ask Jesus for me. I ain't got none. <laughs> okay? But everybody in here know how much to write a check for. Because you, you know what? Let me tell you something. Last week. Last week, I'm moving money around, and, and, and you know how they send you a letter? I got a letter from 717 on Thursday. I said, man, I didn't bounce that check for the church. That's so embarrassing. It didn't bounce. They were sending me a letter saying I could get some free insurance. Ain't nothing free. <laughs> Seeking requires love. How about that? Seeking requires devotion. You know, in, 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 a, in a bad way, you can seek harm to somebody. Okay? But we're not going to concentrate on that. But seeking, seeking requires a desire, a yearning, a longing. How about that? Amen. Seeking, seeking requires effort and struggle and striving. All that, all the words come up. Here's Jude. Here's Jude, the, 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 the half brother of Jesus. He's gonna talk about. He's gonna talk about seeking. Watch what he says. Watch what he says. Jude one and three. He said, "Beloved," talking about to the people of God. He said, "When I gave all diligence to write unto you the, of the common salvation, he said it was need for me to write unto you." And exhort you, that word we talk about this more, exhort you that you should earnestly, earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Seeking is, 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 is it can be con, con, contentious. And you try to grow strong and sometimes people around you try to hold you back. Some of us in here, some of us in here, our relationship with God has cost us family, loved ones, friends. Seeking it's tough. I always, you know, I always say that, and I always say Christianity, getting being saved, being saved ain't for chumps. You gotta be tough to be saved. Think about that. I sit there and say that all the time. I know y'all hear me, man. You always preaching like you an old ex linebacker. I don't know no soft Christians. True ones. Amen. Think about that. I don't know no soft Christians. You can't find none in the Bible. I tell y'all that all the time. Look through the Bible, find one. Find somebody in the Bible that God used that was soft, that was weak, that wasn't willing to die for what he believed. Think about it. Find one. Rahab, Mary, Joseph, Joshua, Caleb. Daniel, three Hebrew boys, all the apostles, all the prophets, find one. Find one. Paul, Paul writing this, I, I, I say, I, I, I probably could read this every week to you guys, but it's just what you're facing. And if you're not, you're probably not in the fight. Paul said, I fought a good fight. Paul said, I fought a good fight. And, and you ever, anybody ever watched a good fight? Anybody, anybody remember Ali Frazier? Ali just got out of, out of prison, fought Joe Frazier. Fought Joe Frazier was beat up. His head looked like a giant watermelon just beat up. I mean, but he wanted to fight. 
And then you just took a picture and, and put them the two side by side and said, and not knowing who won, said, who won the fight? You would never pick, nobody would pick Joe Frazier. But he fought a good fight. When you fight a good fight, you're going to take some blows. You're going to take some punches. You fight an opponent that might hit you with a low blow. And they do other stuff too, don't they, Jake? They thumb you in the eye and all kind of stuff. Mike Tyson used to throw elbows. Bit off a man's ear. <laughs> Paul, said, Paul said, I fought a good fight. I like this one, though. First Timothy 6, 12. Watch this. He said, he, and then he says to us, seekers, seekers, not iffy Christians, seekers. He says this in 1 Timothy 6, 12. He said, fight the good fight of faith. Then he says this powerful word, lay hold on eternal life. That's as far as I'm going to go with that verse. He says, lay hold on eternal life. Don't let it go. Don't let it go. You're not going to find out. Y'all be all in my business. You're not going to find out if your name is in the Lamb's book of life until you get to heaven. Lay hold of eternal life. Lay hold on it. You ain't going to lay hold on something. You're just going to protect it. You know, you're going to protect it. You're not going to, nobody's getting this. You can have everything else. Paul said, I kept the faith. You can have everything else. You're not getting this. When Paul was dying in a prison, he said, he didn't have a whole lot. He said, send my books, send my parchment, send my books, send me, a, send me a blanket. That's all you have. Philippians 3.13. We can get caught up. We can, we can get caught up in our past. I, I, you know, I hear, I hear people. So many people depressed. So many people depressed. I had so, just so depressed. Okay. And, 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 and sadly, sadly, I, I really believe this because I, I work in the medical field and I know some of this stuff. People are so depressed. They got so many issues. They got, they got ADHD. They got DDHP. They got CDAE. They got all these mental illnesses that we used to call sin. Okay? Back in the day, they would just call sin. Down there, now they're mental illness. I mean, you can't go a, a, a half hour on the radio and TV without mental health. Mental health. Mental health is a new church. You know, you got more mental health facilities open and churches are closing mental health facilities open. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Them folks in the mental health clinics, Claire, got more issues than the folks coming in. Imagine that. <laughs> you going in here to talk to somebody about your problem, they got more than you. That don't make sense, do you? Amen. Five minutes before your appointment, they're outside in the cold, smoking, smoking cigarettes, and they ain't, they, 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 they just as jacked up as you. Let me tell you who ain't jacked up. Let me tell you who don't got no problems. Okay? Let me tell you who, who can supply <laughs> your every need. Okay? Here's Paul. 
Philippians 3.13, that's the verse I gave you. He said, brother, he said, I count not myself to have, have apprehended. Okay? He said, but this one thing I do. See, see, this is how the, how the clinical people, when they bring up your past, oh, you was abused as a child. Oh, you got left out in the rain. Oh, your mother didn't pick you up from the bus stop on time. Now you scared of buses. Paul says, no, 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 Paul says this. Paul says this. He said, forgetting, forgetting those things which are behind. Now, we're talking about the great apostle Paul. Wonder Paul, wonder Paul had, had, had tried to live a life for Christ with his past. He couldn't have done it. But yet God used Paul to write two-thirds of the New Testament. And here's what Paul said about his past. And that's what I say to anybody you may be talking to, Deacon Jeremy. I know you talk to a lot of folks with some issues and stuff. You'll be giving them my email address and stuff. Here's what Paul said I do. Paul said, this is what I do. Forgetting, forgetting those things which are behind. And reaching forth unto those things. Which are before. How about that? How about that? Reaching forth unto those things which are before. Reaching toward heaven. Reaching toward keeping my eyes on heaven. Keeping my hope in the Lord. Keeping my faith in Christ. And loving the things of God. Loving the people of God. Loving the house of God. Loving the church. Paul said, I ain't got time for all that stuff. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. That's a hard verse. Old things have passed away. How about that? Old things have passed away. I'm talking about I'm talking about true believers. See, some believers, they still in the past. They can't wait to February. They can't wait. Oh, that's Black History Month. You know, I gotta remember all the slavery and I gotta re- I, I, I don't watch slave movies. I don't like watching all that stuff. I watched the color purple and that made me I'm, I mean, I'm like I want the roots and all that. I, I mean, I, 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 I watch them. I'm like, okay, I don't need to watch that no more. Old things have passed away. I ain't trying to go back. Spitting in my Kool-Aid. <laughs> See, that's all you remember from that kind of movie. Paul said, he said, preaching forth to those things which are before. Now watch what he says. He said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. Paul, that Paul said, I press toward the mark. That word press, you know what that press means? It's a heavy weight. It's a heavy weight. Okay? Uh, I was coming, coming through East Liverpool the other day, up the hill. Somebody running out of gas. Folks running out of gas. See, the gas price gets so high, folks running out of gas. I see more people running out of gas than I've ever seen. Okay? But Paul said, I press toward the mark, watch this, of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Are you a, are you a seeker or are you a iffy, iffy? Iffy Christian. I don't, I don't want y'all to be iffy Christians. We're going to talk about seeking a couple more, couple more weeks. I'm going to talk about seeking. But God, God's word tells us the things we ought to seek. Somebody, said, somebody should have asked yourself, well, what should we be seeking, Pastor? You give us all this stuff. What should we be seeking? How about this? Got a list of them. 
We ought to seek the Lord. Let me say that again. We ought to seek the Lord. How about that? Isaiah, Isaiah 55, 6 says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. How about that? Call ye upon him while he is near. You know, when he's most near to us, when the preaching of the gospel is being preached, that's when God is most near to us. So when you're around your unsaved friends and around unsaved folks, then you start talking about the things of God. You bring God into that into that situation. Okay, and, and, and they may not respond to you, per, right? They may just, oh, man, there you go with that old God and Jesus stuff. You say that, you know, but that word has, the word has been given. Amen. And God said his word will not return. Forward. So we ought, to, we ought to seek the Lord while he may be found. Because there's going to come a time where he's not going to be found. Amen. I don't know how y'all read that verse, but if it says seek the Lord while he may be found, there must be a time where he's not going to be. See, the Bible said God will turn you over to a reprobate mind. When to seek, we ought to seek him first. Matthew 6, 33 says, seek ye first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God in his righteousness in all things. All things will be added unto you. So many people, so many, so many folks running around here broke all the time, ain't got nothing, always complaining, always got issues. Seek, seek God first. Stop calling me for loans and help. Seek God first. Start talking to him like that. Look, seek God first. I'm tired. I ain't, I ain't your personal banker. Seek the Lord first. Come back, come back and quote me five scriptures, and I'll give you $20 for each scripture. <laughs> Don't, you won't owe me nothing. And don't be coming back talking about Jesus wept. <laughs> oh, seek him early. Oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee, my soul. My soul thirsts for thee. So I said, where that at, Pastor? Psalm 63, 1. Ain't that a beautiful one? We know these things. We know these things. Oh, God, thou art my God. How about that? That ought to be the cry of everyone's heart in this room. Oh, God, thou art my God. Nobody said my God because it's personal. We not, no, nobody in here religious. I'm not religious. People, are you religious? I'm not religious. I have a personal God. I have a personal relationship with him. I talk to him, and he talks to me. Okay? Seek him early. Seek him all the time. How about that? Seek him all the time. First Chronicles 16, 11 says, Seek the Lord and his strength and seek his face continually. 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 I, I, I sit here and think about, you know, how about, how about now? How about now? Crazy as this world is. How many of y'all heard somebody got on, 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 on the Internet or on the phone and made a threat to all these different schools and they were just shutting all these schools down? Think about these children in these schools. Think about these parents. They was calling. They was calling they, he made a threat to 20 or 30 schools all over Ohio and they, and they were shutting these schools down. The police was running to these schools. They was calling these parents up saying there's a, there's a threat at their school. 
kind of world we live in? What kind of world we live in? Ain't that something? It's a crazy, crazy mixed up world. How about we seek, how about we seek peace? How about we seek peace? That's a good one. When we when we sit when we sitting down and we praying and we wonder what to pray for and we driving in our car and we wonder what to pray for we just we just doing our business we wonder what to pray for pray for peace pray for peace personally and internationally depart from evil and do good seek peace seek peace and then he says not only seek it pursue it seek it and pursue it. Psalms 34 and 14, seek peace. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Let me give you one more. Let me give you one more. So we talk about who to seek, when to seek, what to seek. Here's a, here's a tough one. Here's the toughest one of all. Maybe I should have gave this one first. I'll give it to you last. How to seek. How to seek. You can't seek God any kind of way. You can't seek God any kind. That's why I have a hard time. People, well, I'm going to pray for you. Five minutes ago there, you were just cussing out everybody in the doggone room. Acting like a doggone fool. I always, always, always think about it when I watch a football game. And the players, they in the, they in the ground. They, in the, they call each other all kind of cussing words. They pulling each other's face mouth, poking each other's eye, spitting on each other. You know, all kind of crazy stuff on the, on the football field. Then when one get hurt, then they all kneel on <laughs> And they're all praying now. I think I didn't hear that. Speaking loud, saying nothing. How do you seek? See, here's how you seek. Here's how you seek. You want to seek God? Here's how you seek. You have to have a prepared heart. Your heart got to be prepared to seek God. You just can't seek God on your own terms. He ain't that kind of God. You can't come to God any kind of way. You can come to me any kind of way. But you can't come to God any kind of way. Ezra, remember Ezra the king, when the people were coming out of captivity and Ezra was in charge of them? Ezra was hard. And they had all married them heathen whites and stuff. And Ezra said, you got to get them back. Okay? Now watch what, Ezra, watch what Ezra said. Ezra 17, I'm going to close. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. That ain't where it stops. And to do it. And to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. That's good stuff. Ezra 7.10. 7.10. I did not say 17. <laughs> Ezra 17. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of God. Listen, how's your heart? How's your heart today? Seriously, ask yourself this question. This is, I'm asking myself all the time this question. How's my heart? How's your heart as a pastor? How's your heart as a pastor? How about that? Is it prepared to seek the law of God? Is it prepared? Is, it, is your heart prepared to even go to heaven? The Bible says heaven is a prepared place Amen. for prepared people. John 14 says, I go to prepare a place for you. So if God's going to prepare a place for us, we ought to be down here preparing to go to that place. You can't go to that place any kind of way. Amen. That's right. You got to be consecrated. You got to be ready to go. 
You got to be ready to go. Precious Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray right now that the people would know how to seek God. To know what to seek. To know when to seek. And to know whom to seek. We thank you, Father God, for the lesson, for the word of God. We thank you for everything you've done for us. And you've done plenty. You've been good to us. You've been better to us than we've been to ourselves. How about that? Old folks used to say that all the time. You, God, you've been better to us than we've been to ourselves. And then there's, no, there's not a truer statement that can be made. God has been good to us when we've been bad to him. He's a good God. He's a good God. And we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' precious name. In Jesus' name. Amen.